As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. End of the Watford winning with style 4 1 at home to Manchester United. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the sound of a very rocking rookery at the end of Watford's home win. More than that, I think. We'll talk about it uh, here on From the Rookery End, uh, brought to you by The Athletic. <sighs> Collins with me. Good evening, Collins. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. We sound a little bit like 13-year-old pubescent boys <clears throat> because of our shouting and screaming and cheering. And Jason. Good evening. Yeah, well, Colin, you know, that was 
such it feels like such an important game in in so many ways let's talk about why that might be but the way that we were set up there and and you know maybe you're going to bring in that what you experienced with the Emirates as well here but there's so much change in that Watford team since the beginning of this this run well, I went to Ellen Road in the pouring rain and watched possibly one of the most abject performances for years, and it was the same players, a different manager, yeah, same players. But yeah, I think I think it's good to go to go back to the Emirates and think about that because actually I know that some people were a bit disgruntled with the way we play, but when you play away from home against the top six side, if if you want to call them that, against real quality players, what we what we we had there was quite a lot of togetherness. Like we were, we were quite solid. I, I know they, they they got a couple of offside goals, but they're offside, so they're not goals. <laughs> and they finally scored a goal because the referee let them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so, but what what was what I came away from the Emirates with was always oh, something. So I could see the, the the green shoots, if you like, of Ranieri's mm. influence on this team. Like believe in yourself, work together, press the opposition, don't let them just wander into your box whenever they want. You know, go out there, put a foot in, and, and work together and work hard. And and then it's all gone because we lost. So then you think well, no, no, we, it, we, it, we feel it's gone, don't we? As fans, yeah, as fans, exactly. So then you think now it's an international break. Some of these players have got to go all over the world and come back, and 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 then we've been terrible here all season, yeah. really. Apart from the Villa game, and even that was only the first half because we conceded two goals in the second half, and then we've had Wolves and we've had Southampton, and we we, we haven't we haven't been great here at home. But this this to me felt like a continuation of the work that they'd done at before the Arsenal game they'd worked again and in this game against let's face it slightly weaker opposition I, yeah. I felt technically we were able to not just be solid uh, and, and hold our lines and not let them through we were able to go that extra step and press them in their own half even at 2-1 up when you're thinking don't do that because they'll hit us on the break they're still trying to get it get onto the fullback get onto Wambasaka, get onto Luke Shaw get onto the centre-backs constantly running working together now that has got to be uh, to do with Claudio's influence on the training ground and getting them just to believe in themselves because I say it's the same players that played at Leeds and they had no belief in themselves they couldn't pass it five yards and, and this performance felt like I felt like that's that's who we are yeah if we win or lose fine but I want to watch that I want to watch us play <laughs> yeah. like that yeah. and if we get beat you know so what sometimes better teams will beat you but I don't want us to get beat camping out on our 18 yard boards and the misplaced passes and not pressing and not working hard and so I, I did feel like that was the f really the first proper game uh, not of our season, but certainly of the Ranieri era. I thought that was the, that's the standard, and he he won't want them to step back from that. Jason, what do you how do you see that? You know, feeling about that game now. You know, we are literally just outside. The cheering and the singing's died down a little bit, but it was. I think it, for me, it was it was how we played from the beginning, in the middle, and at the end, and. The, the most telling section of the whole game for me was after Manchester United scored. Yeah, and and and, and um, firstly, it was absolutely thoroughly deserved. My voice is going again as <laughs> usual when we win. Um, <clears throat> and like Connie said, we started on top. We absolutely bossed that first half, and and we were relentless. And the tactic seemed to be test one bitaka. Yeah. And if uh, and then sort of try and pick up the uh, the scraps from that, but then press, 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 press. And as a team as well, it wasn't one player press, pressing and then everyone else sort of oh dropping back oh he hasn't won the press okay let's all drop back it wasn't it was bang 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 yeah. eight, one, eight nine of them felt pressing. like and, and they were going in for challenges 50-50s didn't always win them but they were, they were going in they were disrupting Man United Man United just couldn't get a foot on the ball they couldn't get out of their half at times and when they did they were just launching it up 
yeah. to our centre backs, and we were mopping up quite easily. And Man United yeah. just did. A, they had that one shot, I think, that well, just after we scored. But they really, really weren't a threat, and we absolutely bossed and deserved to be in tuning up a, a, in the first half. You then sort of said about after Man United scored. I think we probably expected that they would come out different. They made two changes. Donny van der Beek was finding a lot of room in midfield. We probably a little bit more tired. Obviously, they'd be playing a pressing game, relentless like that. Then players are going to tire. And it did look like we were tiring a little bit. And there were times where perhaps we weren't pressing as a team anymore. One or two players would go. Others weren't. I was just sitting back and being a bit more cautious. They started to find sort of it easier to get the ball out to the wings they were sort of getting behind us a lot more the goal came uh, and it was a little bit of a wobble but then we started to to get back into it and the reaction to the goal was fantastic and it sort of the the the, the prize as it were of of doing that was Tom cleverly pressing Harry Maguire Maguire making the foul getting his second yellow card and, and getting sent off and then sort of the game kind of kind of changed again yeah Colin was there a point where you thought oh 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 no yeah I mean I think when they scored so quickly in the, in the in but how, how long did that last though did it last a long time because I, I I think well, especially after that Maguire got sent off but even then it was like we were still attacking we the, the goal didn't defeat us no it didn't make us sit back and worry they still went no 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 we know what we're doing we know what we want to do like you said you know there's that that definition was there a moment where apart from that bit where you thought, oh no. Actually, and when was the moment where you went, we got this, lads? Uh, well, when the fourth goal went in. Um, <laughs> no, I think there was, there's always a sense of dread when you're 2-1 up against the team that you think should be. I've said this before, John. When Watford win in the Premier League, it is always a shock. doesn't matter whether we're playing Burnley, Southampton, whoever. When we win in the Premier League, it's a shock result. And, and, and when you beat a big team like this, it's an even bigger shock. So I, at 2-1, even with Maguire off, you, you can see how good Ronaldo is. I know he's 36 and he doesn't literally did, does nothing except sit on the, on the, on the centre-back. He just walks up and down waiting for his chance. And he had some chances, which yeah, he didn't yeah. take. He got one goal in, didn't he, which was uh, ruled out for offside. He was often offside, because yes. you have to be when you're 36 and you're playing <laughs> against 24-year-old centre-backs. But you know how good he is. You know how good these players are. In a heartbeat, yeah. it can be and it can be two all. And then who knows what's going to happen. But as, the time, as time ticked on, I felt that actually they had, they had a forced substitutions, they had to take off Shaw, they, they suddenly were like, oh, if, we, if we anyone gets injured now, we're, we're already down to 10 men, we don't want to be down to 9 men. There was a bit of caution there, whereas we were able to make substitutions because it was the right time to make them, yeah. I felt. Like when Loser came off, I was a bit worried when Loser came off, I was like, oh, he's been really, really good, but he was quite tired. And Kula came off, clearly with a bit of a hamstring, yeah. and Truce de Con came on. But when Pedro came on for Loser, and you think, oh my God, what, has he gone mad? He's taken <laughs> off a defensive yeah, I, midfielder. I, I, I love that substitution. You, know, I, you, you think, okay, that means we'll probably drop Sissoko and Cleverly back in, so it'll be a bit more solid at the back. But you know what you're going to get from Pedro? You know he is going to fight. He is going to battle. And at 2-1, that's exactly what we needed. He's going to win those aerial balls as well. But then he's also got the ability, as we saw, to make sort of those runs from deep. So when we were going to attack, he was able to do that as well. I thought it was a great... It wasn't one... When I saw Loser coming off, I wasn't thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to be Pedro coming on. But then when I realised what the intention was, yeah, great idea. And it, it, you say, an intention of being ahead at that point against a team like Manchester United, and you know the win would mean a lot to the fans, even if it was 2-1, it means amazing, because it was 4-1. But the fact that he did, you know, he's, Ranieri's making those mental choices yeah. to, to keep pressing, to keep being who we are. I think that, for me, is the, the, the stuff that I'm taking forward from this game, apart from the amazing performance of it. You know, the PA announces uh, the fact that the man of the match was Tom Cleverley. 
that must whoever had to make that choice that was a tough choice. It was a very tough choice because there were performances all over that pitch, there were. Colin. There were. I mean, why, Jason, w- was cleverly for you, apart from he got Maguire sent off, but why else do you think that he was the one that, that won that that man of the match? Yeah, you, you tell cleverly, right, what we're going to do today, Tom, is you're going to press, you're going to hassle that defenders, you're going to get stuck in, you're going for every challenge, every ball. Oh yeah, he's going to lap that up, isn't he? That's exactly what he wants to do. And he, and he I can it, do that, boss. I can do that for I think you as well. I mean, you said yeah, there were great performances all over the pitch, and the, the the team performance again. Talking about that team pressing, that allows cleverly to play his natural mm. game and to get stuck in. And and yeah, he absolutely loved it. And you could tell. And like you say, there were many, many players on that pitch that, that could have got that today. One that I thought stood out for me was Kiko Firmino, yeah. who hasn't always had a, a, an easy ride in the Premier League. Um, I think I've said before, sometimes his positioning catches him out and he doesn't always end up in the right position I thought today's reading of the game was fantastic and absolutely stood out which then obviously helps your, your positioning as well because you, you, you get into the ball first you're winning the ball and, uh, and getting up and down the line first, I mean first half again he played some great triangles with whoever was with him on the midfield on that side kept breaking the line getting behind them putting the cross in yeah just a really really good game from Firmino today but the fact is that you, know, you, you were there saying he did really well in attack and he did really well in defence. And we've always felt that he, he wasn't able to do both. But his judging of some of the passes through to, to the Manchester United attacking line, just absolutely brilliant. He, he took one where he literally, he used his speed, he just sort of ran and just didn't even tackle, just you know, grabbed the ball away from the Manchester United player. Who else, Colin? Who else is that, you know, those, for you, was, it, was a, a, a man of the, possible man of the match? For me, the other one that really stood out was Emmanuel Dennis. Because I, I just, he seems to play with a smile on his oh, face. Doesn't he? He does. <laughs> uh, and there was one bit where he closed down a player at full sprint and took the ball cleanly, and the, and the, and the, the defender's kind of just is dwelling on the ball, or he doesn't think he's being pressed. Suddenly, this guy comes appears out of nowhere. But it's not just that. He, again, his reading of the game, the way he links with Messina, but the way he's always got his head up. And for, for long periods of the game, he played in the number nine position in the second half and, and King went out uh, to his left hand left side of the spot I love the fact that they're willing to do that I don't know whether that's a coaching thing saying come on swap now or whether they just go oh, I'm going to go out there for a bit he goes good I'll go in the middle but, but Dennis is a beast he's an absolute beast he's the sort of player that you want on your team because he will close everything down but he's also really really skillful and because he plays with his head up he's always looking for uh, the pass. So I was really delighted that he, he got his goal because I thought he really, really deserved it for his performance. I think King was excellent again. For me, with Dennis, absolutely, the, 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 the deserving the goal. Like you said, he deserved a goal, but also when we saw the first goal in that first half, you know, it, we deserved that. And he, he ran down, he put it through for, for King, and it was almost like, you deserve to be part of that goal, Dennis. Your hard work. If there's ever, ever a, a, mo- a player on a pitch where you think hard work pays off, that was the moment, yeah. and it was cherry on top when he scored the goal. Yeah, I agree with that. And also Wambasaka, I mean, who is who is playing for Manchester United. Let's not forget, we were playing Manchester United. They've got their problems, but those are Manchester United players. They spent a lot of money, brought him through. We've, we watched him a lot at Palace. We knew know how good he is, and he looked like a novice who had never stepped foot in a Premier League. It was like his debut in the Premier League because Dennis turned him inside out again and again and again, both sides. He tried to show him down the line, he beat him down the line. He tried to show him inside, he beat him inside, made a pass. He was just... All over the shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, in terms of wearing down Wambasaka, Joshua King did his his role of that early on in the first half. He was causing him problems and causing him hassle, but he he was just 
you know, as we're gro- you know, growing to love about him, this hold-up play, this speed player, the, the, the all-round striker that we talked about before, and he did it again. Yeah, I know, like I said, we were targeting Wembe Saka, weren't we? And if you're going to stick those aerial balls in, you probably want Josh King to drift out and, and try and challenge Wembe Saka rather than Dennis. And that's, yeah, Dennis drifting inside, that's, that's what you want. And yeah, like we say, he's, he, he feels like a proper centre-forward, doesn't he? He can, he can do everything okay, he can't do everything at a top level and sometimes he gets it wrong but it's just so refreshing to see a player of that quality and with those abilities to sort of almost play right across the line and be able to do what he needs to do when he's playing central to be able to do what he's doing when he's out wide we, yeah, we talked about sort of changing Wan Bissaka he obviously scored the goals but also when he is on the touchline when he's got the ball when he's chasing it down I think there was one in the second half yeah. Yeah. but it's been a bit of a loose ball he's gone hurtling down the line I think he, he won a throw on but it was, it was like yeah it was another one of those you know, sort of 50-50s. Is there anyone else in the team that can do everything like that for us? I don't, I don't think so. Not up front. So, yeah, great to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the one we were most interested in seeing today, because we saw him, he, he was on the pitch against Brighton. Um, the game went past him a little bit, and we saw him in the Carlin Cup. Mr. Loser, Imran Loser, who we've seen be successful and to have some great, great games at international level. Um, hopefully they're the games that he didn't get for what from the Carling Cup. Um, and they were the games that gave him the confidence because I reckon that worked, Colin. I reckon he's got a bit of confidence and he's, he's ready for this now. Well, he scored for Morocco, I think, in the week. Yeah. And, and he got a rocket up his... Um, <laughs> uh, from Claudio Ranieri a couple of weeks ago. said so the boy's got to work harder. But he came to the club with the reputation for being a really, really good defensive midfielder. Mm. And we haven't seen it. And now we have. <laughs> the thing that impressed me about him was his mobility. Uh, he, he picked up on the pressing thing. So, so he's, he, he had Tom Cleverley, he's watching him, who's ahead of him. So basically you had Loser sitting deep and then he had Sissoko and Cleverley in front. And Cleverley slightly further forward than Sissoko. Sissoko was captain as well and also had a brilliant performance, I thought. Uh, and the midfield just functioned really well. But it functioned really well because we had Loser there protecting the back four um, just keeping his head up and, and sniffing out the danger and snuffing out the danger when he could. And I, I just thought, because he's not that big, he's, he's, you know, he's Kante-sized. Yeah. You know, he's quite a small fella. He's quick, probably quicker than, than you realise, but he's, if he can read the game even half as well as someone like Kante, which he looked like he was doing today, then we've got our, a player on our hands that can really solve some major problems because... Just on a, on a slight tangent, the league this year is so difficult. You look at the teams that are really struggling. Like, like teams have been in the Premier League a lot, and they can't win games. Lots of teams drew today; they can't win. It's like, and, and so that's given us a chance because in other seasons maybe we'd be further, we'd be further down the uh, down the league. But it's 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 just interesting to see a player come into the side and grow. Obviously, he's come to England. He's never been to England before, and he's now playing in the Premier League, which is, let's face it, tougher really, I think, than any other league in Europe in terms of the competitiveness and the teams you play week after week you never go to play a little tiny weeny club you know you're always playing clubs that can beat you uh, with good players and so I thought to see this progression again it's, you've got to start looking at this canny old fox in the dugout <laughs> that he can dig a player out like that in a kind way yeah. he wasn't having a go at him uh, sort of Mourinho-esque he was just saying he needs to work a bit harder yeah, yeah. you know and so he went oh I can do that yeah, yeah, yeah. and then two weeks later he puts in a performance like that and that, he's almost undroppable I would have thought against Leicester you think well you've got to play him there because he did so well a bit you're, tough on Kutzka but there we are you're, you're the only man by the way Colin because of your very dashing moustache that can call Candy Ranieri a canny old fox a canny old fox <laughs> just so you're aware I can't do that that was Colin yeah he definitely had his moments I think early on where some of the passes were a little bit short and a little bit whatever but 
I think more than anything, he's had a, a, a great performance against Manchester United. Mm. And if there was ever uh, a win or a performance that you, it would be worth double, it's when you do it in such style against Manchester United. Part of that midfield, though, Colin, you were, you've been a bit not against it, but you're saying that's the, the working point that we need. Yeah. And it, it worked. It's working now. Yeah. In fact, it was interesting to watch the two teams because in the past we've set up very much like Man United. With, they had uh, McTominay and Matic, who were like two number sixes, to use the old money. And then they've got Fernandes, who's a 10. So he disappears up the pitch and leaves them with just two players in midfield. Whereas today we had a six, as loser we just talked about, and two eights, basically, <laughs> Cleverly and Sissoko. So you've got, which is the modern way of playing a 4-3-3, right? You've got, you've got, you're quite narrow, you're quite compact, and you've got three bodies there. And we were playing against two uh, central midfielders in McTominay and Matic, neither of whom are very quick, and they really struggled. And in the past, we've been—it's been the other way around. We've seen teams like Southampton just walk through our midfield with a couple of passes, and today we were able to control the midfield. And I know I've, I've said it a million times on this podcast, but if you can control the midfield, you give yourself the right to go and and win the game. You give yourself a chance of winning the game because you've controlled the central area. We haven't done that all season. We've allowed teams to dominate us and try to win on the break. But even if you play a counter-attacking style of football, you've still got to control that central area because you've got to win the ball in order to, to, to get the, the ball forward from higher up the pitch. No good just trying to play on the break from your full-back who's standing on his own touch, you know, his touch line or from the keeper. You've got to win the ball slightly higher up the pitch and then you can get... And we did it again and again and again. We won the ball in midfield. Boom, it's gone. Sars gone down the right. You know, Dennis down the left. We, and we were just that much further up the pitch that the, that the counter-attacking was much more dangerous dangerous than it has been so it looked like we had a functioning midfield uh, he may have stumbled over it because of uh, Kutzka being uh, suspended but it, it, it looked more mobile cleverly played slightly ahead of Sissoko Sissoko would look like a captain I mean that was a captain's <laughs> performance yeah. he was dictating he was you know he was moving people around loser was doing his job everything was just basically working and McTominay and, and uh, Matic couldn't handle it Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Bit of a flurry of panic uh, on Watford's uh, social media this week with a story of someone finding a picture uh, of a loan that the club had taken out. Did enjoy seeing uh, the slight meltdown, uh, but particularly did enjoy uh, Simi KB. Uh, her tweet was, unless anyone commenting on knowing about the club's finances is an FIA, 
which I'm sure is some sort of special finance uh, certificate that you need. Uh, I'm not interested. Businesses do this all day long. And if you want to know more about exactly why Watford are taking out loans and what state the finances are in, then uh, you want to check out Adam's latest article on The Athletic uh, by going to athletic.com forward slash rookery end. Of course, go there if you haven't subscribed. If you have, then do make sure you go uh, and have a read of that because it certainly uh, pricked up some uh, some ears and some eyes on social media this week. Uh, but Adam has got the full lowdown on that. And we'll have a good in-depth chat about that of course on thursday's podcast uh with adam and uh, all the work that he's doing on the athletic where we get the the news of the week on the weekend as fans we talk about the game and on thursday we chat to adam uh, but being part of from the rookery end family you can go to from the rookeryend.com forward slash rookery end uh, and get a special deal but do if you uh, think about doing that right now, you might want to wait uh, until Monday. You might even listen to this on Monday because uh, the Athletic are running a special Black Friday offer across their entire network where you'll get subscription for, wait for it, £1 a month for 12 months. Only £12 for an entire year of subscription to the Athletic. So if you haven't done it yet, this is a very good reason to do it. Uh, the offer ends at midnight on Sunday, November the 28th, and it kicks off on Monday morning, the 22nd. So if you haven't subscribed, do that. Listen to these podcasts absolutely ad-free, as well as all the writing of Adam and the fantastic team of writers The Athletic have. From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. We haven't talked about Mr. Ish- Mr. Ish- uh, Mr. Ishmael Assar, Jason. We're, we're quite away into the podcast. This is a bit different. And, and the weird thing about it is, it, we are recording this podcast after the game and not after about 20 minutes when he missed two penalties he didn't just miss them he took them he took two horrendous penalties but then he scored an absolute peach where for me he he thought too much almost for the penalties and he didn't think for a second when it came to that that goal he just his complete natural ability flowed out of him you're you're right the penalties were were poor first one was poor second one I'm not sure if he hit it a little bit harder but it was yeah again not a very good penalty You, you if you're going to sort of try and outwit the keeper and sort of put it one side, you're almost sort of against a quality keeper like De Gea. It becomes a 50-50, doesn't it? If you're not putting it where he can't get to it, then it's just a roll of the dice. So, yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. Um, and then it's the way he reacted to that. I think not long after that, there was a misplaced pass and you're starting to think, oh... God, is he? Is he? Yeah. Were they? Were they those? Were they? Yeah. Were they those misplaced passes he did, or were they those great idea, just not done right? Now there was one that was. There was. There, I think there were a couple that weren't, but there was one really, really well. Yeah, a little sort of back from you. In fact, comes off because he, he sort of fooled he, he full defence. Josh King would have been in. It would have looked good. Josh King just just overrun it slightly between the two, and they didn't quite come off. But it was for me that was the right idea. But there's one before that that well, he made the wrong decision. Um, but then after that, I think there were a couple of times where. He's made a great run and it's been a great ball and we've seen the class of Harry Maguire. So before yeah, yeah, yeah. before Maguire got sent off that first half, if it wasn't for Maguire, we probably could have scored more goals and we could have scored more goals anyway. But yeah, he, he made a couple of great last-ditch tackles where Sal was a bit unlucky because he's made the, the perfect run. Maguire's just got back to him. And then you're right, yeah, the goal, another great move. Talks about Kiko getting behind the, the line, sort of part of that going on down there. Um, and he's found that space in the, in the penalty area and they, yeah, he's just sort of drifting in that space. No one's picked him up. 
And he's looked up and he's just hit it perfectly into the corner where De Gea Gea isn't going to get it. It's no longer is it a roll of the dice. It's likely to be a goal. So there you go. Yeah, so great. We we sort of talked about him perhaps in slightly negative terms recently. The way he sort of turned it around after uh, after the penalty misses brilliant stuff yeah definitely didn't show which a lot of play, a lot of fans have felt that he has a sulking side to him and he, he certainly didn't sulk after his two penalty misses um, the, we talked about those first two goals um, I feel because Mike's not here I must say because he always says this when Watford oh well you know we should have been 5-0 down at half time but we should have been 4-0 up um, Mr Header, Jason if you get a coaching tip for Joshua King when it comes to uh, scoring a header what's, the, what's your technique? Head it down Head it down now, yeah. to be fair to be fair in the second half Cristiano Ronaldo did exactly the same when he headed it he, he ran got run on got run on Cathcart yeah. and, and he didn't head it down either and headed it over the bar so you know Joshua King Cristiano Ronaldo they're all very much one and the same yeah what the uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. Uh, uh, yeah, Joshua King did score today. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing, uh, Colin, um, we talked about the first, second, and, and the Dennis's goal for the fourth. But the third goal, we talked about what a great performance in terms of it was the great choice of making him the the substitution we didn't expect. But when he came on, Mr. Jao Pedro, who we've seen already as we stand outside the the lower end of Occupation Road, um, be hounded and signed this and photo with that. You know, his attitude and is, is always great, and we've talked about that before, but the thing is he's, he came in as a super sub as well. But that goal, didn't see it coming. I mean, how, how tight... I haven't seen, seen a good replay because we're dancing around and, and screaming too much, but he got that in at an almost just ridiculously tight angle, didn't he? Well, he's on his left foot, yeah. so he's on the right side of the goal, so it's, it's better on his left than his right because yeah. he's got more goal to aim at, but he beat him at the near post. Yeah. Just smacked it straight into the near post. And I think because of what happened with the Saar goal, I think, and maybe he gave him the eyes or he opened his body up or something so that De Gea thought he was going to the far post and he just left that little gap and he absolutely welled it in. <laughs> um, and the moment he came on, really, he just looked like... I mean, he's a, that boy could become a superstar yeah. because he's got the physique because he looks like he's grown like six inches since he's, since he's been here in the last two years. He's a big lad and when he runs on the pitch, he's got some real charisma and presence. He, walks, he runs straight to the middle of, of, the, of, the, of the park. So he's like, right, I'm here now. <laughs> um, he never takes a backward step. But God, if you give him a yard, he's gone. And he's starting to show that confidence on the ball with the ball at his feet I don't know if he did he, did he just run in and score or did he, did he knock it off because I, I, was, I was kind of like still praying and, uh, <laughs> and that we were getting the five eight minutes and we scored two goals after 90 minutes yeah, so I know, yeah. which is great and uh, that normally happens to us maybe uh, Fergie time that is it was yeah but um, yeah he just the confidence to go and finish that I mean that's, that's pretty good going isn't it and, and when you're thinking at 2-1 you assume that the collective mentality is we mustn't let them get in behind us we mustn't let Ronaldo get a run on goal we mustn't for him just to go nah I'm going into the box and I'm going to score a goal now and that's just going to make it that's the best way to finish the game everyone can relax now we're 3-1 up I, I wonder how much how coachable he is like if it's all like I, if he knows what he's doing I'm just going to put him on to do that I think he, I think he is coachable because he, I think he's improving as a but player freedom though you imagine him having the freedom and if you know you give him his, his mental freedom let's call it but you know he can go and play the game he wants to play in the way he is so young and you want him you know, he does have a limitation, I'm sure, to the different roles he can play. Not sure what it would be like in goal. But, you know, I mean, that, that if, if he's gone on there with his mental freedom, with his fun yeah, with hat on, head, yeah. 
and that will just he we will get more from him, yeah. which is exactly the thing we, you wouldn't have expected playing at home against Manchester United and only being two one up. That's that's just that's the most bizarre thing of the whole afternoon for me. Um, but it's, it, he is giving us a bit, Jason, a lot of an, a headache, a headache for what will be our attacking line. And we did see four of them play up front against Liverpool. Oh yes. Yeah, to start the game and it didn't work. It wasn't quite right. Are you, are you going to keep him as a magical super sub? Uh, I think so, yeah, I think so. I mean, you'd be... I mean, we obviously have had a couple of injuries today, haven't yeah, we, yeah, which yeah. will change things. But in terms of that sort of the attack, I think you, you, you start with what you did today. Maybe if Saar is injured, that it, it means Kucho coming on um, and playing... Well, I don't know, you maybe even swap Kucho to the left, bring um, Dennis out to the to the right. Um, or king to the right, depending on what they what they want to do. You know, where we like lads, go with it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I think, um, yeah, the, and you keep that midfield three that started today the same, and that means yeah, not only keeping out Pedro, but keeping out Kutsko who's going to be coming back. Um, yeah, so let, let's leave Pedro as a, an impact sub, and he and he can work both ways. He could be like today coming on, bit of fight, bit of battle in the midfield, but still be a threat um, on the counter. If we need to go and win, is someone who, who we know has got, got skills, got again, got fight. If you've got a team trying to hold on to the ball, trying to you know, keep possession, he will go and push and he's got the, the grit and determination to try and win the ball back um, and then the skill to take players on. He can drop deep. We know his shooting ability as well from near, from far. He's someone that's yeah, that's got a range of talents that can help us in any situation when coming off the bench. Colin, what are you taking forward from this game? What is it you think? You know what? If you could package one thing up and like bank it for the rest of the season from this game and this performance and everything we've sort of seen under Claudio what, what do you think the, the, the one thing that you want to almost like bank I think it's just that togetherness uh, and that competitiveness and no, no, kind of both well, togetherness and, no competitiveness and, no well, I'll go, I'll go that, with, one's fight and one is friends I'll go with competitiveness okay. then. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that's so important in this league if you can't compete you can't win but is there a certain style a certain thing a certain tactic the fact that we're high pressing yeah. do you think that's but is that something that's going to be great for us in all games yeah I think so I think as long as you do it in the right way at the right time putting other teams under pressure makes them causes them problems in the, in the past when we played here against Wolves and Southampton uh, and obviously Liverpool we didn't cause the opposition really any problems at all so causing the opposition problems makes them have to think possibly rethink possibly change their tactics and you do that by being competitive and, and getting up and pressing the ball and trying to win the ball higher up the pitch we did that today really successfully and, and it caused Manchester United massive problems which actually he just sat on the bench and didn't try to solve because he had players that he could have brought on in the first half to stop the fact that we were absolutely hammering them and and they, they did that really annoying thing of saying oh yeah you kicked towards the rookery first half well thank you very much Man United because we saw the best first half of football from this team at home for, for ages that, this is what I was thinking because A at half time it felt so weird because we're now in the winter it's very dark and Watford kicking towards the first half scoring goals feeling positive at half time I was like oh no it's only half time this is not right but actually have we been getting it wrong for years I mean, should we be giving our team the, the competitive advantage of running towards the home fans, loud home fans, get them going, score a couple of goals, get ahead, keep them into them and go at half-time 2-0 two, two up and be happy? No. <laughs> oh, right. No, because most teams score their goals in the second half. You score more goals in the second half than the first half. I understand. We, we can point. change the, yeah, we that just, trend. We can win the game at half-time. Yeah. yeah, win the game at half-time and yeah. then you don't have to worry about the second half. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, let's let's keep it the old way. All right, all right, all right. Jason, you know, defensively, 
we, we, we have been solid. We you know, let one goal in, we haven't had a clean sheet yet, and then again, and we haven't had one all season. That's the bit that's not quite there yet, but it feels closer. If Nkulu's injury isn't too bad, it, it, it feels like we're that will settle and there's competition because Messina had a better game today. Foster was superb in goal again. I don't, you know, we've, we have, even though we've talked about the whole team coming forward, particularly that defence just seems... Like, Kuda was like the, the, the controller. You know, he was talking to Loser, he was talking to, to Cathcart because Cathcart is... He's a, not a leader by volume, he's a, he's a leader by, uh, by example. Yeah, I think, yeah, obviously Nkudu's got years of experience at international level, as has Craig Cathcart. So yeah. we had a very experienced back four, really, today. Messina, yeah, had great first half. Struggled a bit, maybe second half. I think Man United, we're like, we were targeting one Misaka first half. They were starting to target him, I think, yeah. second half, sort of using their pace as he tired, sort of getting in behind him. Already talks about Kiko, but Nkudu, yeah, he just looks so calm on the ball. Yeah. There's no panic... You see, he'll, he'll yeah, intercept a pass, stop, put his foot on the ball. Look up. Look up. Look if someone like tries to, to press him, he, he's got the ability to sidestep and then find a pass. Cathcart's come in off the back of uh, of keeping a clean sheet against the European champions <laughs> yes, of course. this week, of course. So, yeah, we know he has got it in him. He's still there. And, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, he's up against Ronaldo. <laughs> it's no mean feat. They, yeah. They've, I mean, first half, kept him quiet absolutely kept him quiet obviously danger was there second half but yeah they, they, they did a decent job and we've already said about the reaction after the first goal so we can't yeah we can't complain about the, the defence today I just hope yeah with Nkulu and, and I, I need to hold my hands up as well when Nkulu went off I think I swore oh, we're, in, we're in trouble now <laughs> but Trees came on and never really looked troubled I don't think What's the haircut his new slightly shorter <laughs> yeah, crew cut that he's got he got stuck in one of few headers I think and yeah so yeah, yeah. Did, did, did a decent enough job did what was needed of him the most interesting I think we can all learn from this game is that the Manchester United youth team system is better than Watford's because we had three Manchester United youth team products in our team and they had one of ours. Um, <laughs> so these things are needed. Yeah, three, three, we had four ex-Manchester United players uh, and they had technically how many, Jason? Well, technically they had two because they had uh, Sancho that I think everyone knows about now yeah. uh, on the pitch and their sub-goalie was Tom Heaton who we had a week before, I think on, on, on signed for a week before the Potsos came in when yeah. they uh, very quickly dispensed of his services um, and, and bought in Manuel El Munia instead and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> we go ahead though, Colin, but we go away uh, on a Sunday to Leicester City. Now I listened to the Chelsea-Leicester game today and you hear... You know, they play Chelsea and we know how attacking and mobile the, the forward line of Chelsea is, or whoever's playing. We look forward to seeing them at Vicarage Road on the 1st of December. With Leicester, they seem to be, their weakness in is, is, it, is their defence, their organisation. You've got to sort of say, I don't want to go in there and say, oh, it's an opportunity, we should go and win this game. But we are going to be well in it, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we will be. And I, I think, of course, you can't say that because, you know, in the Premier League, you literally have to scrap for every single point unless you're Liverpool, Man City or Chelsea but you, you know you really have to teams like Watford and we've seen you know team Burnley, Southampton, Leeds, Aston Villa really struggling to get wins they've been getting draws but not getting wins obviously Norwich and, and Newcastle as well so but the other thing John yeah. not to be not to be too sort of the, uh, a bit athletic-y about it <laughs> but 
We might have done... Craig Cathcart in a round of applause uh, from the crowd. And he's the only one who got one. I saw Kiko, we've seen Joe Pedro, but he got a good round of applause. Uh, Joe Pedro got a gasp. <laughs> but he got a round of applause, well deserved. But um, not to be too sort of journalistic about it, but mm. we might have done ourselves a massive favour here today in terms of next weekend because I think it's very, very hard for a Manchester United manager to survive yeah. after the run they've been on, losing away at Watford, newly promoted Watford. I think that's really hard. Brendan Rodgers is absolutely bang in the frame for that job. And if they move, they'll move fast because they're not going to muck about. They're not going to want to play three games without a manager or putting some... Because that's not how Man United do it. So he, he's already said he's open to the idea. I think conversations may have taken place. So if that happens, Leicester will be without a manager probably. And that, would, and, and that could be a week of real destabilisation for them, for them and their fans, because they don't want Rodgers to go, I'm sure. Although they just got... They're not having a great season either. Well, but this feel, this feel for them... By beating Man United, yeah. we might have destabilised Leicester. And, and that's an interesting idea. Now, of course, siege mentality can work against you and then come out fighting for whoever, you know, for the owners, for their, their places in the team, for their futures. But it's, it's never a bad idea to play a team when they're suddenly all in a, in a, in a, in a mess. It, is, yeah. it may not happen. They may go somewhere else. But um, I think there's, there's a bit of uncertainty around Rodgers at the moment. They're not playing very well. And if we go and play like this, we can beat any team in the league. Yeah. But except Liverpool, Manchester, yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, I'm going to say. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, I, I, I looked at that and I sort of said, are they in that place that we were when someone's head has been turned? When the what, snake, the, the Marco when Marco yeah. and the yeah. snake got his head turned, things changed hit around here when we were a very good side. And you think, has that been? Is that an effect for them? If you want to learn a thing from Leicester, get rid of him quicker than <laughs> we kept Marco Silva. Um, Jace, it's. Is those decisions you want to make, like any changes? You think it's only going to be changes because of injuries? Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to change that. Do you want to change that? No. <laughs> exactly. I. Yeah, you got to hope that the uh, the two guys that went off are are okay. I think, and calmly I'm saying this, but perhaps of the two, would we be happier losing Saar than we would losing Nkulu? Oh. You know, and for me, I think I would be. I think I'd rather yeah. see Nkulu retain his place yeah. in defence and if we lose Saar like I said before we can probably bring Hernandez into the side um, Hernandez Pedro there's, Pedro, plen- there's, there's plenty no, there I'd, isn't I'd, there yeah. Yeah, I'd bring, yeah there are options I think I'd bring Hernandez yeah. in who I do feel a little bit sorry for <laughs> because that last goal I think he, he had the ball I'm not sure he'd miscontrolled it but, but Dennis came steaming him and nicked it oh, off yeah, him yeah. <laughs> and then scored so, um, so yeah so Hernandez will be itching to get back out on that pitch and, uh, and try and get his goal that's exactly what I was going to do Dennis um, I'm just oh, well looking, done I'm just looking over my shoulder oh, yeah. uh, is Mola Saar and he is limping quite badly so it, it may be that his hamstring or something in his leg is gone which is not great and that, that looks like more than a week but you never know do you you never know he's picked up his child yeah, yeah. but he, he's not, he's it's not, his left he's leg not, he's not held up it could be a calf could be a hamstring I don't think Nkulo's one looked like he just went I, I haven't you know I'm halfway through this game or 65 minutes I can feel it, it was, he was right at the top of his hamstring yeah. and it was like that's a bit tight I think I should come off right now and yeah, luckily yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. good we've got good substitutions we've got quite a lot of strength in depth we talked about the at- attacking players like with Cucho and Pedro sitting on the bench like two bull mastiffs waiting to come on and, and tear up the opposition you can you can, you, you know you know you've got that in the locker but equally you know Trista Kong is a good player uh, and, and Ngakia was on the uh, you know if Kiko suddenly says oh McCart's a bit tight yeah. you can get him on um, Rose to Messina 
Yeah, so and there, so you think there's quite a lot of options. We've got two players pretty much for every every position, and and, and they they bring different things, different qualities. But you don't feel like at the moment when we make a substitution that the quality of the team drops. You yeah. feel like sometimes it gets it, it, it improves because you go off in a different direction, more attacking, more defensive, whatever. But so I, I feel I feel pretty good about that, and I just think that the attitude of the the the, the attitude of the players, all of them, seems just spot on at the moment. I thought it was. I thought they were they were good against Arsenal, but they didn't have that kind of determination or ambition to get forward as much or press as high. Mm. But they've taken that on and they've done it to one of the great biggest clubs in the world, and they've they've schooled them for ninety minutes. Yeah. <laughs> just just looking at our next. He, he's oh, yeah. not limping as much as no, a limp there. He's fluid. a little little yeah. limp for Nkulu as he comes out. He is a big lad. So yeah, he looks a little bit more mobile. So fingers crossed, he'll be okay. So this is thank you to the From the Rooker End Injury Watch <laughs> as we stand at the bottom of our occupation road and consider how much limpiness uh, Watford players have. That, let's go back to the, the importance of that performance. We know we can't tell in terms of the season yet because hey, this game's just finished. Where does it sit though for you, Colin, in terms of games against... The rich six that we've had. We've had wins against Manchester United here. Yeah. It felt better than those. There was yep. a win against Chelsea. They were down to 10 men for a, a massive chunk of that game. No, there was one against Man City, was there? No, there wasn't. Um, you know, and we've beaten Arsenal here. And also, where's this one sort of sit to you? In fact, why, why, why is this one better than, than a lot of those? Well, it, it, I would say it's up there. There's only one other big win that, that really just I couldn't believe had happened because it was in our first season in the Premier League and we'd gone on a run under Kike Sanchez Flores we in fact beat the three as it turned out the three relegated sides we'd yeah. beaten Villa Norwich and Sunderland in that terrible game at Sunderland where we scored where we scored they scored an own goal after four minutes and then the rest of the game was just like hanging on <laughs> and then we came back and we won our fourth game in a row and it was against Liverpool and it was a 3-0 schooling oh, okay. by Igalo and Dini uh, and, uh, and Barami. Uh, Barami's cross with the third goal. Was, I mean, so that, and it was the first time that that happened in, yeah. in, the, in the modern kind of Premier League era. We'd had two seasons, obviously, that we know all about in the Premier League, but they hadn't gone as... But suddenly it looked like, oh, yeah. you know, we might actually, under Kike yeah. sanchez Flores, we might survive in this league. We've just beaten Liverpool 3-0. We got 12 points from 12. It took us up into the 20s, and it looked like from then on we were safe, even though we had a terrible fade at the yeah, end. Yeah. But, but this one, the context of this one is so important because we have struggled and we have had to change our manager yet again early in the season. And to come out after some... Uh, some some very poor performances around the the sacking of Munoz to then see this build uh, going to Arsenal being a bit unlucky not to get a nil nil draw but then just taking this team on absolutely toe to toe forehead to forehead uh, and scoring four goals I mean that's the thing about us isn't it when we play like this we look like we've got goals in us we did it at Everton sometimes we look like where's the goal coming from but when we get on it we've got goals we've you know we've those two games nine goals into so that that's also something just glorious to watch as a Watford fan because yeah. a lot of people it's interesting a lot of people around me are saying oh I'm fed up with the Premier League it's so bloody hard I watch my team lose all the time I just want to be in the championship and just go to some interesting grounds I haven't been to before but when you play when you're a small club playing in the Premier League and you get days like this that makes it all worth it I think I mean, yeah. for me I'd rather watch us play Man United and win like that than, than win every week at, you know, and think well all I'm thinking about now is promotion so, so I'm not thinking about relegation. I refuse to think about it. It's far too early in the season to talk about that sort of thing. Brentford, everyone's got them going into Europe now. They've, you know, they lost five and five and drawn one in. A, you know, so they're plummeting. It's just like it's too early. Once you get past Christmas, you start really seeing, you know, the window and everything. So at the moment, just sit back, enjoy the win, 
watch it on match today 17 times in a row <laughs> listen to them talk only about United afterwards <laughs> and, uh, and how terrible they are and probably uh, Solskjaer will be sacked uh, before match of the day who knows but that was a glorious win and, and we, we, as a small club and we are probably the smallest club in, in the league us and Brentford I guess and Burnley maybe but, but in terms of just fan base and, 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 yeah. and budget you know we have a t- we're tiny we have no right to be in this league at all you look at League One there's, you've got Charlton Sunderland Portsmouth you know in the championship you've got you've got so many massive teams much much bigger than us with much bigger fan bases who you would love to be where we are their fans would love to be where we are and we are so lucky to be in a position that we're in when we get to go what's what some of the best players who've ever played football frankly but beat them <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at League One. You've got Sunderland, you've got Portsmouth, you've got Ipswich, you've got Sheffield Wednesday. They're all fans of those clubs. We say, well, we should be in the Premier League because we're big clubs. And yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not. Uh, and as Scott said to us, it's about you know being here, being competitive, and, and having days like this uh, as a Watford fan. Thank you very much, Jason. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. Thank you very much. Uh, and we'll be back again on Thursday with more from the weekend. Come on, you ones. The Athletic.